turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more midterm market strategies. What's on your financial mind? We can cover almost anything today if you want to. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Sometimes i got to figure you have questions. But then again, maybe not. Maybe you're just going with it and you're A-OK, all things considered. Money investing more. This is a very, very different midterm election. Historical market patterns may not apply. Everyone's trying to split hairs and try to figure out what is going to happen after today's results. And some people will say, well, the last time it was a Republican-controlled Congress, House, and Senate, and a Republican-controlled president, when it did start to break apart, we can go back to 1930 and see the, the, the fall of the stock market. Like, whoa. Or you could just say, hey, you know, split government sometimes works out pretty well for us 70% of the time. Or you can go, well, let's go a different direction. Right? Even if the election wasn't as disturbing as it feels, it doesn't tell us that something very dramatic is going to happen in the stock market. Um, the stock market's different sometimes. It's a different beast. And we can't always assume, hey, you know, more Republican spending is good for defense stocks. We can't necessarily say, you know, uh, Democrats want to, uh, you know, raise taxes so they can do this a little more infrastructure and a little more social investing per se inside of our society. To me, we're dealing with a midterm election during the longest bull market in history, and I just it, it goes back to like the Roaring Twenties led to a massive stock market crash. Or ended with a massive stock market crash. The Roaring Twenties. Remember the Roaring Twenties? I don't. I wasn't alive. I don't even know anyone who was alive during the Roaring Twenties. Because you know my little world is so small and I don't know 100-year-old people. But I hear the Roaring Twenties. You had female flapper dancers and like, woo! Sounded fun. Squirrel Nut Zippers were a band around then. Okay, maybe they weren't. But they played music from the Roaring Twenties. We're coming out of a very low interest rate regime right now. We're coming out of the longest bull market. We're coming in to the midterm elections with super low unemployment. A little bit of wage inflation. A lot going on, right? That could turn the table. And every season turn, turn, turn. Speaking of seasons turning, holy mackerel. This daylight savings time, I I don't know what it is, but... Man, driving into San Francisco in sunlight, what a beautiful city. I don't know. Maybe we need a little bit of rain to clean some of the spit and dirt off of it, but what a beautiful city. So today's top stories are midterm election, 
midterm election and midterm election. There's not a lot else going on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Of course, I'll look for stories for you. Of course, I'll look for like breaking news, but there's not a lot today. You're watching CNBC. You're watching Bloomberg. You're listening to this show. Bad day if markets for markets if GOP loses Senate. Uh, you know, the thing I like about our country is it does seem to swing a bit. When things go too far right, it comes back to the middle. When things go too far left, it comes back to the middle. But it's a midterm test, and no one likes tests. I don't like tests. Do you like tests? Global markets held their breath today in front of us. All three major stock indices, the S&P 500, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the NASDAQ, all opened positively. We were slated to open lower, but then a little bit of optimism came in. Um, Apple stock continues to get hammered. Maybe we'll talk about that. I don't know. You have to call. I don't do the show based on my happiness. I'm good. I've got enough money to live until the day I die. That's where I want you to be. I assure you that radio and television doesn't pay a livable wage. Is that fair in the Bay Area? Uh, I would have to live like way out in Stockton. So I got enough to last me till I'm dead. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Do you? That's where we want to go. There's a company called Zebra Technologies that I was looking at. Showing you how random the stock information is this morning. What does Zebra Technologies do? Ticker symbol ZBRA. They're a maker of warehouse automation technologies. Our society, to me, feels like it's moving more and more to warehousing retail stores instead of putting retail stores in malls. Um, Zebra is a small capitalization company. It's a small company. It has a big part in the industry that's trying to make the industrial economy smarter by leveraging trends towards higher device connectivity and unconstrained computing power. Take a look at it. So it's, it's counter to what the midterm election is today. I always try to identify things that are on the come, as well as trends towards autonomous driving, asset sharing, machine learning. Zebra's kind of there, and it's a really small company. Take our simple ZBRA. Consult a worker advisor for taking any action on any stocks mentioned on this show, right? Is that fair? I think it is. Berkshire Hathaway's results show the profit power of Warren Buffett's conglomerate. They had an amazing quarter. As bad as Apple's been recently... Berkshire Hathaway has been kind of positive, in my opinion. Apple stock, let's go back to that for just a second. At night, instead of watching Two and a Half Men or TV, a lot of times I just sit there and ponder. And it ponders how much I ponder, right? But the FANG stock's coming down. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Apple. And uh, Alphabet. The fact that they've come down is probably a pretty good thing for the stock market. And it's probably a good thing for professionals in the industry because people, individuals get scared. I don't get, I'm not as scared. I remember at one point in time I was six foot two, 215 pounds of muscle. I sometimes never been 215 pounds of muscle. Um, but I, I remember being on a parking lot and this huge guy was approaching me and my girlfriend were going separate directions because she lived a different area than I lived in. She goes to her car, I go to my car, and I see this guy walking towards her. And I just get in front of the guy. I'm like, is there a problem? And he could have killed me. There's no man, man, no man, no man, no man. So, but it was all the confidence, right? 
So Apple is sto- uh, stock has fallen off, and I think people lose confidence. And I think you have to have confidence. So don't expect a slide in a stock to cause a storm. It's been and continues to be the most unloved, uncrowded, unowned stock in the institutional marketplace, as opposed to causing pain. An Apple slide may actually cause portfolio managers to high-five each other and be a good thing. So that's out there. Big seminar coming up. When's it coming up? It's coming up fast. It's going to be in San Jose, California. I don't get to San Jose proper all that often. I see a lot of Barracuda games. I see some Sharks games, but I don't get there all that often. So this is a Saturday event that I'm committing to. Two events. There's one in the morning, 9.30 to 11.30. That's Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. A lot of income needs in retirement. Super income needs in retirement. You can sign up for that at Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show, and use code Radio25. I'm doing a new event in the afternoon called Investing Beyond a 401k. It's not for beginners. It's more for people who want to do more than their 401k. You can learn more about both events at the Rotary Summit Center on the 17th of November. Go to robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Little Squirrel Nut Zippers bringing us back from break because it's your money, it's your election, and I think I can make some... Ties to the 1920s and how great unemployment is. Go check out this video and tell me if you don't fall in love with the lead singer. Squirrel Nut Zippers put a lid on it. That's the beauty of YouTube, right? A band that plays jazz. And it's reminding me of the 1920s and the roaring 20s. Speaking of roaring, let's bring in the one, the only CFP Chad Burton who will be in San Jose, California at the Rotary Center November 17th for a rare Saturday appearance. Mr. Burton, how are you? I am great. Roar. Do you, There's my roar. Do you think we are? That is a roar. Do you think we're in a roaring 20s kind of scenario where the jobs reports just look great, inflation's pretty tame, there's a little wage inflation? It's not like the end of World War I just happened, but things seem to be going really well in the U.S. economy. It kind of had to be fun back then. They'd go to a bar, underground bar that you know where you couldn't get alcohol anywhere else and, and dance like you see in the movies. Right. Think about it. The similarity I can make to it. Oh, I could see many similarities, but we won't get into that because this is your segment, not mine. But um, yeah, like the the legalization of marijuana is kind of like the end of prohibition, isn't it? Uh-huh. Oh, that's true. Uh-huh. You're right. Yeah. There you yeah. go. So let's talk about your event. You're going to be doing a wealth preservation retirement income. Income is super important in retirement because Social Security is not going to cut the mustard, so to speak. I don't even know what that means. But um, that's going to be in San Jose at the Rotary Center on the 17th. People can go to newfocusfinancial.com and sign up. How soon do retirees need to start considering planning for taxes post-retirement? Because I have no clue about taxes in the afterlife, or in this case, retirement. I, yeah, a decade before. I mean, you got to get... The, a decade. If you haven't really done a, a, a detailed financial plan, it has to do with a tax analysis, cash flow production, Monte Carlo simulation, all the things that you need to know. Are you ready to retire in 10 years? That's kind of the key zone. Um, And part of that is at some point, you may need to give up your pre-tax deferral in your 401k and do a post-tax deferral in your Roth 401k, where you don't get an immediate tax break, but you might grow some money tax-free so that you can plan better when it comes to the first several years in retirement. For example, 
we talk about Social Security planning all the time. It's, it's a very hot topic. Um, where when do I take Social Security? And the only way that I can tell you exactly when to take it is if you can tell me exactly when you and your spouse are going to die. I can give you the perfect number. But for most people, it's going to pay. If you know you're going to live to your mid-80s or more, it's going to pay for you to delay your Social Security till 70. But if you retire at 65, where are you going to get your money from for that next five years? And if all of your money is tied up into a 401k that has not been taxed, it may not be as good for you to delay as it is for somebody else that has some cash, has some 401k, and has some mutual funds or stocks that they can have a lower tax from. Um, also, you need to know uh, what does your tax situation look like at age 70 and a half when your required minimum distributions kick in, and the IRS is forcing you to take more money out of your 401k or IRA than you want to. And there's all sorts of strategies in terms of how do I deal with my company stock when I retire that I know I own too much of. So we're starting to see these you know, these corrections of companies that have done really, really well where people are over-concentrated, whether it's Facebook or recently Apple, Amazon, um, you know, companies where, oh, I, I can actually have 25% corrections. Um, and so knowing how to deal with that tax-wise is very important. Yeah, I would say so. And um, corrections are going to happen. And we haven't had a good one in a long time. And bear market's going to happen. And that yeah. planning is part of kind of the end of that tunnel, so to speak. And I know that's saying it in a kind of funny way, but I kind of still stand by that. Let's move on to you, though. How does tax analysis work with Social Security? Because some states do Social Security taxes, some states don't, some are more lenient, some are less. I got to imagine that's a nightmare, especially when you're 65 and you're just tired and your brain doesn't work like it used to. Yeah, it's and, and a lot of it is, again, delaying Social Security. I mean, we were just talking with somebody the other day that... Um, had had a heart attack like 10 years ago. They're 65 now, and they're like, are you sure I should wait till 70 until I take Social Security? I had a heart attack 10 years ago, so odds are I'm not going to live past 80. And I said, well, yes, but it doesn't really matter. You married a younger woman, and she's going to live a lot longer than you, and when you die, she's going to get your check, and yours is going to go away. So you absolutely need to delay it, because his Social Security was about twice as much as hers if he waited till 70. So there's that type of planning, but again, if you're going to delay, if you're going to retire at 65 and not take Social Security until 70, if you, you know, need a dollar to pay to, to pay your expenses, you're going to have to pull, you know, buck 25, a buck 30, out of your 401k or IRA to pay for that. So um, the delaying almost always makes sense for people that have a mix of assets, but if all you have is retirement accounts, it may not. And then if you barely have enough or not even enough to retire, maybe it's an issue of like a reverse mortgage to fund your retirement from 65 to 70, and then you turn Social Security on, and then you start tapping your other accounts as well. That's kind of a plan B. I don't want that's for more of people that were forced into retirement, Rob. I'm somewhere between 5, 10, 15, 20 years from retirement, and what you just said glazed my eyes over. It's tough for me to like really want to hear that. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, well, but it's, it's tough. Been together for 19 years, so you've heard... Oh, no, 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 no. Right. Oh, no, no, no. This is the first time where I've started saying... I just had a big birthday recently, and uh, this is the first time in my life where I'm starting to think... You know, I, you and I have been known each other for 20-plus years. It, it's got, It's been a great run, and like I've got to start thinking about the next page, so to speak. Um, when I do retire, when I do slow down, um, I'm going to raise puppies. Am I going to play Fortnite all day and buy NFL jerseys that only are on the video game? <laughs> and like people are doing this stuff. And ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, 
how about me who's really over concentrated in stocks? And you've heard me say stupid yeah. things like I'm not a big fan of bonds. But at some point in time, I'm going to need the income from bonds or I'm going to need more income. How about people who are over concentrated on stocks? Well, yeah. So what you can do is, is let me give you an example of somebody that okay. has no other income, right? So uh, if you have an over concentration in stock, let's say it's Apple, you're going to have some dividends that hit your tax return, even if you're not spending it. So let's say you right. don't have any ex- deductions at all. Married couple filing jointly still has 24000 of the new standard deduction. So let's say that wipes out your dividends, the tax on your dividends. Well, a married couple could still raise another 70 some thousand dollars in capital gains and still be at a 0% federal bracket. So those that have concentrated stock and they get to retirement and they just live off of their cash because they don't want to sell stock and pay taxes, they could be giving up an enormous benefit right now that will probably go away in 2026 by selling a bunch of stock, harvesting gains to rebalance and, and diversify at zero or even a 10% bracket in some cases. Uh, we see, we see this all the time where we can tell people we can do a model at the end of the year and say, look, you could sell another you know, $10,000 of your um, Amazon stock and really not pay much more in taxes at all. It, it happens let's end, quite often. Let's end it there and bring you back to talk more about this. And people can come to the seminar. You can check out Chad Burton at New Focus Financial. You can sign up for the seminar on November 17th from 9.30 to 11.30 with CFP Chad Burton at the Rotary Center in San Jose. Go to newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25. Listen to a show tomorrow from 6 to 7 on this very station. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Little Arcade Fire bringing us out from break, an indie rock band from Canada. From Montreal, actually. A couple years ago, I kind of fell in love with this band. William Butler, I think, is a great lead. But what's interesting about them is they kind of broke a model. Instead of signing a, with a record label, they, they printed their own album, made some money, bought some equipment, made another album, printed, that, printed it, made some more money. Like, they financed their whole business. Things change, right? Talk about things changing. The elections are happening today, and there's going to be some changes of power. Let's bring on the bright minds from briefing.com. Talk a little about this. How are you, sir? Hey, Rob. I'm doing okay, thanks. Hope you're doing well. Patrick O'Hare, live in Chicago. Did you vote today, or is that going to be a later-on event for you? I voted twice today. Nice. (laughs) Playing a little patriotic music for you. Congratulations. Um, I got to ask. Midterms, it's all over the news. You can't turn on Bloomberg or CNBC. You can't go to the Wall Street Journal without thinking. There's like 10 different angles that can come out of this or 10 different responses that can come out of the elections. I've I've just decided I'm going to wait and see. I don't know if the Republicans are going to win, the Democrats are going to win. I don't know what it means with the stock market. I'm just going to wait and see. Where do you stand and where does briefing stand on the midterm elections? Um, I think that uh, their importance to the market's overstated, frankly. Okay, um, got it. You know, uh, I think everyone's getting too caught up in, in what a knee-jerk reaction will be to to the outcome here, uh, when you need to take a step back and really appreciate that 
what matters more to the market is where interest rates are headed, uh, where the trade conversation is going, and what the economic trajectory is around the world. Okay, those those factors are all going to influence one way or another, positively or negatively, uh, the direction of earnings growth. Right, and while it's fair to to say that you know the composition of Congress can uh, indirectly influence those factors um, to you know to think that you know whatever the result is come tomorrow morning that everything's going to be hunky dory surrounding views on interest rates and trade and uh, and global economic growth uh, it, it really is you know reaching for the stars I mean because you you've, you've got to uh, let time pass obviously um, things happen and and you know watch those trends unfold none of that's going to be taken care of uh, come tomorrow morning so um, so it will provide a lot of you know trading excitement perhaps but we cautioned our subscribers really to, to take everything with a grain of salt um, because initial reactions um, you know but, but I think a good example here, right, is that, you know, if, if people think that, you know, if the Democrats, uh, you know, win control of both houses, that, that you're going to see the, you know, the rollback of tax legislation, right? Um, and that's very, very difficult to accomplish because you're going to need 60 votes in the Senate. And it's, it's a pretty much an improbability that Democrats are going to have those 60 votes that are necessary to override a presidential veto, right? So we can kind of get too caught up in the, in the, um, uh, the noise in the echo chamber really around around politics and and so sorry to give you a long-winded answer but it's probably oh, my no. least favorite topic of conversation as a market analyst uh, because politics is such sensitive business but I do think that uh, the business media and uh, and and even market participants themselves get too keyed up about what any initial response is going to be to an election outcome. I hear you, and um, it's been frustrating for me to the point of I just kind of, like I said, I'm going to just wait till tomorrow, see uh, if the Titanic floated back up or if it stayed at the bottom. I don't have to know the end of the movie today, so to speak. Um, So changing pages and uh, looking for news out there today. There's, there's not a lot. This is a tough time to find really good you know, dirt on the market. One of the things I saw was the job openings, the JOLTS report, still very, very strong. We got a lot. This, it's not the Roaring Twenties. It's not the 1950s. But this is a pretty healthy job market. Does that solve, as a market analyst, almost all bad things? Like, if we have jobs, the economy works. The economy works. The stock market works. Stock, and sometimes I oversimplify. Are the jobs mm-hmm. as important as I make them sound? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is really important, right? Now, one thing to take into account, that's the September number, okay? We already got the October employment report, but um, but to your okay. to your bigger point, though, I mean, uh, if you get the number of job openings exceeding the number of people that are actually unemployed, as, you know, as officially recorded in that employment situation report, it does point to the prospect of, you know, uh, higher wages down the, down the road, you know, um, because... Um, Businesses are going to have to compete stronger for for labor, uh, and one way to do that is to attract uh, qualified candidates with higher wages. So it is something to keep an eye on there. But but ultimately, um, the 
the more people who are working, the more people who are earning more money, uh, the better it is for the U.S. economy. I mean, this economy is, is driven by consumer spending. It accounts for roughly 70% of GDP. And when the consumers are spending confidently, businesses are reinvesting in a more confident fashion, too, because they feel better about, uh, about end demand being there uh, on the other side of that investment activity. And so, uh, so it does matter greatly uh, in terms of what's happening within the labor market. And, and you know, frankly, I think we, we've seen that borne out uh, to a large degree in, in recent GDP data, where you have seen a very healthy pickup in consumer spending um, that has been facilitated somewhat by the tax cuts, uh, but certainly by the fact that consumers are feeling better about job security. And when consumers feel better about job security, they feel better about going out and making expenditures that uh, in turn drive uh, you know, the economy. Again, a wonderful answer, and thank you for all you do for us. Um, taking a look at the markets, today is obviously the midterm election. A lot of people are going to be voting. Um, but there's also, I saw some pretty interesting news like CVS Health and how they're trying to shut down or not, they're finishing their acquisitions. Do you see more acquisitions? And I almost want to say kind of a bastardization of business plans where something that used to be retail is now going into insurance plans and uh, drug distributions, and I'm starting to see retailers uh, come up with new ways to get you to do business with them. Uh, more mergers that aren't necessarily obvious down the road? Question mark. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a tough, that's a tough question to answer. Um, I, I do think that, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's such an increasingly competitive world. Um, that you do have to find ways to innovate and to uh, ensure that you're maintaining, if not growing, your market share. And when you have companies that are flush with cash uh, and still relatively high stock prices, um, you know they have a currency in their stock price that can also help lead to uh, you know the acquisition effort. Um, yeah, you know, you're going to you're going to continue to see this M&A activity. Now, maybe one of the things that slows things down here possibly in the in the um, you know, intermediate term is if you do get, you know, a jump in interest rates, right, which becomes, you know, a little bit more difficult and more expensive to do leverage buyouts and things like that. And, and so I think uh, it's a factor out there that might make companies be a little bit more deliberate with their acquisition plans in the intermediate term, but, you know, you can always expect there to be M&A activity because I think it's just, you know, typical business nature to want to keep growing and keep uh, trying to build that market share uh, and to be more profitable. I saw two stories out today that I'm trying to blend into one. 401k millionaires at Fidelity jumped 41% in the third quarter to a record 187400 that's story number one. And then I'm blending it with U.S. Christmas sales predicted to surpass $1 trillion for the first time this year. And that's why I invest in the stock market. I know, I know you're saying that that's kind of a weird blend, but I, I don't see it that way. I see you know the jobs report, the 401k millionaires. I see spending coming down two to three months down the road of a $1 trillion. And I just I continue to say, because we're consumers, that helps the stock market because we have jobs that helps the consumers. And I try to tie it all together, and I give you and me a lot of credit for the number 401k millionaires because I think people are really awake to the idea of save for your nest egg because you're going to be living off it from 60 to 100. So um, Christmas sales predicted to hit a trillion. Are you increasing your spending or are you decreasing your spending, Mr. Ayer? Oh, well, 
I've got four children, and so it seems like the uh, the spending goes up each <laughs> each year. So, uh, and, and uh, they're all in uh, kind of that uh, Santa Claus age, or or not far from it. So. Um, so yeah, no, there won't be a reduction in spending. I don't believe in the O'Hare household this year when it comes to Christmas. But I think as an aside, though, Rob, I mean, this this Christmas season should be extremely good because of a number of the factors you just pointed out. Right, you have the wealth effect in play, um, and you have a really strong labor market. Consumers feeling good about uh, about job security. Uh, you have real wages that are still not growing, uh, accelerating the way you'd like to see them, but they are starting to pick up some and. Uh, and so there's greater spending potential in that. And you still have a high personal savings rate, too, um, which kind of affords some spending cushion there, which you often see you know, consumers get a little bit ahead of themselves spending around the holidays, uh, but they have a little cushion in their personal savings account that they perhaps didn't have a few years ago. And so those factors will combine to create what should be a really good holiday selling season. Patrick O'Hare, I think you're a genius. You're able to go with the flow with my off-the-track thinking. I wildly appreciate it. Patrick O'Hare is at briefing.com. Have a good Christmas and have a good election day. And thanks for voting and all that good stuff. Check out Patrick O'Hare with his page one I do every single day at briefing.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I am so fortunate have lived a full life i'm very pleased i think investing i found myself in it when i was 18 years old 17 years old i was like i don't want to work for at&t i don't want to work for an ibm i don't want to work for a big company i knew i wasn't smart enough to be an engineer i found myself i found it well and uh thank you so much for letting me do this so retail stocks keep beating the market and that's fascinating because you keep seeing stories on Amazon, right? And Toys R Us is going out of business. And, you know, how many companies have been shut down because of Amazon? How many companies were shut down? How many mom and pops were shut down from Walmart? People used to hate Walmart because they would come into a town and put the local hardware store out of business or the local pet food store out of business. Now people are starting to hate Amazon because they're putting the Macy's out of business or the Toys R Us out of business. Retail stocks keep beating the market right now, and how long will that last? You get high-profile names like Starbucks and Nike and Amazon. Retails remain strong. Upbeat consumers have been spending. As my stocks go up in value, you know what I do? I go out and buy a second house, and I put stuff in it. As my stocks go up, I go, you know what? I used to ride vehicles 150,000, 200,000 miles. Maybe 110,000 is when I'm going to go get a new one or a different one. So the confidence kind of starts to build. I feel today I put the pieces together. I, I do think we're kind of got a roaring 20s things going on, whether it's the end of prohibition with alcohol and uh, marijuana in the United States becoming more legalized in Canada. It's totally legal now. I see uh, jobs aplenty. Um, I almost want to go into the, who's the guy who's like, I see skies of blue. I don't want to go that far, but that's what I'm feeling, right? Are you feeling it? So retail stocks continue to to outperform right now, and that's telling you consumer discretionary is strong. I don't have to have. Here we go. What a wonderful. What a wonderful. I hate stepping on this guy's voice. 
don't know if that makes any sense. I just want to hear it. This wasn't a movie, Benji. I don't know when Benji, the movie, came out. I want to say late 70s, early 80s. 1974. That's the right answer. Who's a fictional character created by Joe Camp. But anyway, let's go back to the stock market. Um, but Benji was an amazing dog. Man, the power of media on children, huh? For some reason, I just remembered that I saw the movie Benji. And there was a girl dog in the movie called Tiffany. And the criminals hold up in a house. And Benji, they, I think they had Tiffany or they had Benji. And one of the criminals kicked Benji. And it was a moment that you winced as a child. I know you're saying you're wincing right now when I sing. I see skies blue. The colors of the rainbow. So Christmas is right around the corner. Talking about, like, really? <laughs> you go in there right now? Let's see. What do we got? 25 plus 20. We got a 50 days till Christmas. Woohoo! And the Charlie Brown singers are out. Retail's going to hit $1.002 trillion this year. Awesome. In-store sales are forecast to rise 4.4% year-on-year. That's great growth. Remember, the takeaway is somewhere between 2 to 4% growth is what we want. In almost everything, GDP, retail sales, same-store sales, that's a good number. Four is too hot. 2% like, oh, no, you're going to start sliding down. 3% is just right. It's Goldilocksian. What's up with that girl breaking and entering into the bear's house? She would be arrested today. Right? She ate their food. She slept in their beds. Criminal. That's all I have to say about that. So, consumer discretionary going back. It's going to get weaker at some point in time because it's so strong right now. Are you ready for that? Are you ready, spaghetti? Are you ready, ski daddy? Ooh. I'm ready for a pullback. I have to be. It comes with the territory. Fortnite's doing something fantastic. The company, Fortnite, the game Fortnite's already earned over a billion dollars this year. And Red Dead Redemption pulled in a billion dollars. Red Dead Redemption 2 pulled in a billion dollars and helped take two stock out from the stock market this year. It's pulled in over a billion in like a week, right? Pretty weird game. Go to YouTube and watch some Red Dead Redemption 2 videos. You don't even have to buy the game to enjoy the game. You can watch it on YouTube or uh, Twitch. So video games are big right now. It's rumored there's going to be a new Xbox next year. A new Sony PlayStation because it's probably going to be the last major console. We're expecting internet speeds to go so fast that the video game companies will have the video games on their servers and their storage. And it doesn't have to be in your home. But that's a different topic because it's a little bit too early to start investing in that. Good article today by David Lazarus. And I'm not a big fan of David Lazarus. Um, he's kind of one of those pompous reporter for the people kind of guys. But he's talking about it's time cell phone signal jammers were installed in people's steering wheels. That's going to happen, I believe, at some point in time. So um, I can relate to that idea. It's illegal to have a cell phone in your hand. While you are behind the wheel in California. I get it. So I tip my hat to Benji, who's long dead. Probably stuffed in some museum somewhere. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show, when you're there, you're going to see a thing that says something about a seminar coming up November 17th in San Jose, California. 
You can sign up for the event's retirement income planning in the morning. Invest beyond a 401k in the afternoon by going to Rob Black's show on the 17th of November. Sign up using the code RADIO25 for free.